0: Because this is our eighth year Harry Potter podcasting. This is MuggleCast episode 261 for January 27th, 2012. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mugglecast. Welcome to Mugglecast episode 200. Sixty-one. Eric, Micah, and I are here this week. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. What do we have on tap for this week, this month, this year? The first episode of 2013.
1: It's
2: you guys kind of scary, me. isn't it? The, uh, to think this is our will be our eighth year of podcasting. Yeah, we started way, way back in 2005. Mm-hmm. It is a long time, Micah. It is. It, what's interesting is is seeing you guys as we podcast here because we're doing it on Google Hangout, which we haven't normally done over the last. How long has Google Hangout even been around?
0: Uh, a year? yeah, yeah, maybe a year or two, but it's only gotten better recently. So,
2: yeah, I, I just find it interesting to see what each of you do as you podcast. What do you uh, notice Andrew, about me? Sipping some coffee, or it's pure alcohol, vodka. It's a nice box. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. But anyway, uh, on this episode, uh, nothing. we're not going to change too much in 2013, I don't think. We're going to stick to our uh, normal format, to go through some news, talk a little bit about uh, Harry Potter, uh, new <laughs> content from Pottermore, and uh, do some fun segments. And we might even bring back a voicemail or two.
0: Wow. Bring back from where? where? <laughs> from two well, years well, ago, the voicemail.
2: No, no, no. It's, it's voice been voicemail. longer than that. I was going to say we should really task the listeners with going back in time and seeing if they can tell us the last time we had a voicemail on the show.
0: I would think you could just search the show notes and find uh, – because we would probably mark the voicemail segment.
2: That's true. I would think.
1: I would think. but. I'm do that right I'm, now. I'm curious.
2: Uh, Let's see. If we had to guess, go around the table. When was the last time we had a voicemail on the
1: show? 2008. Would you think... Oh, wow. That's a specific year. Would you think that it was before... Did We We haven't had voicemails since we had David Heyman on the show, did we? Have we? Yeah, maybe did that was, have, was the last
2: time. Voicemails specifically for him?
1: No, we didn't. But I was saying that was kind of a milestone, but that was two or three years ago. Episode 200. Yep. Um. So... Well, Andrew
2: could be
0: on target there 2008. Well, tell us what's in the news today, Micah.
2: We have uh, some updates from the Wizarding World in Japan. Construction finally beginning over there, many, many thousands of miles away from all of us, but... We're slowly starting to see things come together. I see one picture here with, with Elmo on the wall outside. I don't know how Elmo ties into Universal Studios necessarily.
0: Uh, weird things happen in Japan. That's all you can.
2: Everything say about is that. randomly uh, connected, I guess, um, in other parts of the globe. But uh, it, the building that we see, I'm not entirely sure what it is um, and, and why it's necessarily associated with the Wizarding World. Unless it's it's the beginning of the castle uh, being put together, but it looks more just like your regular your your average um, corporate building. To be honest with you, there's nothing that there's nothing that really says Harry Potter about it.
0: Well, well, of course. I mean, Micah, you, come on, you're a construction man. It's it's not gonna they're not gonna build Hogwarts Castle. They're building the structure. Uh, my guess is that's probably the um, the building that the Forbidden Journey will be housed in. Mm. And i think that's probably right it looks just like the other one so um yeah i mean no. and it's supposed to look it's supposed to be the same exact thing as what's in orlando right now so we shouldn't be expecting any surprises or anything but it'll be interesting to see if they uh make any areas bigger because of crowd issues i know there's been some crowd concerns at wizarding world orlando so that'll be interesting to see if they kind of backtrack on their some original plans it's funny, I
1: usually think of Asia as having crowd issues normally,
0: yeah, well, and I mean the thing about the small stores, as they argue, is that in the books they're small, the stores are small, that was kind of designed yeah. that way on purpose to make it loyal to the book right and and the movies so
2: yeah, I, I wonder though, you said it's going to be the same as the one in Orlando. is that including an expansion, or will no, Orlando no. be the only one that has this new area my guess is orlando is
0: going to be the only one with this expansion because because they um because i think universal orlando still probably wants the advantage mm-hmm. over the other parks and uh you know who knows how how well these other parks are going to do in these different locations i mean it's kind of a safe bet that they'll be successful but we don't know for sure so uh yeah i think i think you're just going to see that in orlando by the way uh we were sent on hypable some photos of the Orlando expansion and uh we were asked to take them down, but they were something. They basically prove that they that they're that they are building Gringotts. We saw the windows and we saw the teller desks. <laughs> so oh, wow. there was there's was kinda no doubt that uh Did that,
2: you see the goblins?
0: No, those have not been constructed yet. Uh <laughs> Warwick was not there. He
2: but it was, says th- This park is set to open in late 2014. Is that the same timeline for the park out in Hollywood as well?
0: I think that one's 2015. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, they've barely even started here. There's, like, nothing as far Mm. as I'm aware. Uh, And they they have to knock it down a lot of stuff here first, whereas in in, uh, Orlando and Japan they didn't. But what else is going on in the uh, news?
2: We got an interesting update from Pottermore. They, they took us behind the scenes to, to really give us insight into how a moment is created. So you know, as you go through Pottermore, usually uh, you get several chapters per segment and, or, or several segments per chapter, I should say, and uh, you get these moments design team and then kind of coded and, and magically created so that you can interface with it and um, I, I thought um, kind of the big piece uh, in in this was that they try and take scenes that don't necessarily appear in the movies um, they specifically said we also like to highlight scenes that were omitted from the films or those where the film depiction differs from the books so they really want to give people uh, like they wouldn't normally have if they were watching the movies.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good idea because uh, I think as I wrote in here, um, it, it's good that they, uh, it, it's nice that what rolling dreamed up finally gets some visual light of day as I put it mm-hmm. kind of poorly yeah. in the post. Um, it's it, cause you, you, you don't see it in the movie. So that's, that's nice that they prioritize. Yep. And they and, should really say that more Say, hey Join Pottermore and check out these scenes That you didn't get to see
1: in the movies Yeah, That seems like a selling point to me I agree with that I mean, they're all very artistic And they're fun to look at So the fact that they weren't specifically in the movies I mean, I noticed that they Even even the scenes that made it completely Into the movies from the book um, You know, they managed to keep it interesting On Pottermore In terms of, you know, the perspective of the moments
2: I agree with with what you said, Andrew, though. I, I think it would be a great selling point. I think yeah. that you know, a lot of people go to Pottermore and you know, for those who have read the books, you know, they're looking for the additional information and when when they're interfacing with with it, they they tend to get frustrated or get bored because you don't necessarily have that much going on. You know, there'll be there'll be a chapter where you're just clicking and nothing really happens. Maybe you hear a noise here or there. But if you know going in that, hey, I'm experiencing a chapter that doesn't appear in the movies and, and they took a lot of time and attention and care to detail of creating this, maybe you'll appreciate it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wonder and if there's they- going to be a Pottermore Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Brought
1: <laughs> to you by They want to be Sony. everywhere,
0: don't they? Yeah, brought Br- to you by Sony. Yeah, I mean, Sony's probably got the money for it. Yeah, they do want to be everywhere. You would think that's kind of a... Uh,
2: they should consider that. A logical step. Drop. Uh, they do. Uh, it, there was a story not too uh, long ago, I think it was actually yesterday or the day before, about how they're now working together with the uh, the Book of Spells. Really? Oh, that's right. how you can now connect spells from that you learned... Uh, you know, on the uh, on the PlayStation and and bring them into Pottermore. So I, I guess you can duel with them or or do something to that effect. I didn't really read too much up on it, but...
0: Well, I know like, um, you can connect, when you connect your accounts, you can get the wand that you were signed in Pottermore on Book of Spells. Like, it'll become your wand in Book of Spells, which... Oh, okay. oh cool. I mean, that's some nice integration. Yeah. I wouldn't... Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not running out to buy it because of that. But
2: <laughs> It's funny. I actually got it uh, over the holidays. I got it as a present, and I haven't hooked it up yet.
1: Oh, be no kidding.
2: To, uh, to test it out.
1: Micah, if I gave you that gift for Christmas, I would have been calling you by now and been like, so what do you think of your book of spells? How's it going? And I would yeah, be why haven't you hooked it? You,
0: you don't seem very excited. If, I mean, it's been a month
1: now. Yeah, since, that's true. Uh, you should uh, – I think you've given up the the present You should regift Micah. You know my um, half-birthday is co- – actually, that's not true. <laughs> my birthday is coming up soon. Might as well uh, re-gift if you're not going to plug it in.
0: Well, I'm never playing I think- it. I know for sure now because my PlayStation 3 died the other day. What? Um, yeah, it finally died. So I just bought a Blu-ray player. I never mm. play games anyway,
1: <laughs> so. Well, that's fair. But they do have the new white PlayStation 3. Not that I'm advertising for yeah. them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just – I just, I never played video games, so yeah. I just bought a Blu-ray player. Stick with that. I
2: think I'm missing one of the components. I think that's what it is. You need a little –
0: Yeah, you need like 30 accessories to play or... yeah, Book exactly. of Spells.
2: I just got the Book of Spells itself. I don't I don't have all the additional – You don't have components.
0: the wand and the camera and the, the – yeah,
2: what yeah. else do the you need? The 15 million other things that you need to – it's, uh,
0: it's like literally – th- Make it happen. You need the wand. The, the book. The book. The camera. Of course, the PlayStation itself, the game. So it's it's like five elements.
1: Still, right. I, I would think that the game wouldn't be sold on its own because of it being... Ta- uh, you can get a well, pack. Take a look. Yeah,
2: I'll have to take a look and see what's in there. I think the only thing that might be missing is the, the camera. Uh, so, okay. Hmm.
0: And, uh, and you need a TV, which I just find ridiculous. I'm out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Those are expensive these days. They
0: are. We are going to continue with the news in just a moment, but first, it is time to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. One audiobook to consider is Divergent by Veronica Roth. Now, I get lots of questions as, since we do do this podcast and we do a couple others. People ask us, well, what should I read next? What is next? What is the next big thing? Of course, there was Twilight. There was The Hunger Games. And the next big thing, I'm going to let you in on the secret right now. Some of you know this already because it's already kind of becoming the next big thing. It is Divergent by Veronica Roth. It is a trilogy, even though only two of the three books are out right now. The third one is due out this year. The second one is called Insurgent. The first one is called Divergent. Rumor has it the third one is going to be called Detergent, but that's besides the point. And also a joke. But anyway, Divergent, book one in the trilogy. It is, a, um, it is a dystopian novel. I actually just finished reading it the other day. You can listen to it, just like you do a podcast, for absolutely free by visiting audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Do a search for Divergent. You will see the book there. You know, people really enjoy the book and, and people do believe it's going to be the next big thing. There is a movie that is, they haven't started shooting yet, but they are going to start shooting soon. They actually, the studio just announced the other day that Kate Winslet is going to be in the movie. There We don't know who she's going to play yet. There's 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 some guesses, but Summit has not announced yet who she's going to play. So, um, and, and by the way, Shail- Shailene Woodley is going to have the lead role as Triss. This book follows a girl in the lead in the lead uh, character slot. So again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Type in Divergent. Type in Fifty Shades of Grey. Type in whatever you want. Whatever book you want to read, visit audiblepodcast.com mugglecast. Chances are you're going to find it. They they have, like I said, over 100,000 downloadable titles, and many, many, many books you are going to love listening to, just like you do this podcast, are available there on Audible. And we thank Audible for their support of the show.
2: Speaking of wands, though, uh, the uh, the studio tour over... <laughs> In England is hosting Wand Week, which I asked, is this similar to Shark Week? Uh, it seems like they're they're starting to do uh, a lot of themed weeks. They did something with the Dark Arts not too long ago. It was before yeah. the holidays, and and I think we can probably expect a lot more of this kind of stuff moving forward, where the studio tour will put things on display or theme, create these theme type weeks that maybe haven't necessarily got the 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 attention. Um, or or there just maybe wasn't space uh, in the studio tour to house some of this stuff. So they'll do these cool kinds of features.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cool idea. It's definitely great to bring people back or maybe finally give people a push to come in and experience something. I know Disney this year, they're they're doing a series of limited-time magic, and this is what that kind of reminds me of. It's these limited-time special things. But really, I mean, a lot of these should be open. A week doesn't seem like enough time. It should be longer. I don't care why it's True. so so small
1: of a window. Like, Yeah, museum exhibits, for example, are usually like a month or two long, I think, if they're like a right. traveling yeah. Yeah. exhibition. Wand Week, though, kind of has a nice ring to it. I mean, I'm surprised they're not selling, like, annual
0: passes. And I mean that seriously. If, if they want people to come back for these different themed events, why don't you do, like
1: this special pass that's good for like a year you know it's funny i can't remember who it was but just the other day in a ustream uh chat for the shorty awards somebody said that they lived near the studio tour and have been like 25 times they said it was their second home so whoever it is whoever that was um let us know how wand week is um (laughs) because if i if i went there that often i'd be looking for something different i'm sure
0: it seemed yep. r- really expensive to me. I think I brought up on the last episode that I went to Harry Potter to the exhibition in New York City. Um, did I mention that? Oh, the yep. recent one? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the one. That we- okay, cool.
0: That what was the think? first. Well, I'm trying to remember. Did I, did I talk about this last episode? I you wanna- talked about it a little bit, I thought. I was just uh, – well, I mean I thought, it was- I thought it was all right. I was disappointed they didn't let you take pictures. That was really bugging me. Oh. Especially when I was yeah. getting sorted. I'm up there on the Great Hall thing with the hat on my head and you can't even take a picture? Like, come on. Yeah.
1: I'm saying, sub- well, did they take one for you and no. then expect you to buy it?
0: No, they didn't. Oh, so. well, well, yeah,
1: they do at the very beginning. Oh. Mm. Yeah, but not, but not getting sorted. Right, not getting the sorted. Uh, if you're and getting sorted, that's a special occasion. Not just everybody gets sorted.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, and by the way, like me, my mom and brother, we did this like evening tour and there's just like five of us. And it's like, what's the harm?
2: Mm. Come on, yeah. don't
0: you know I do mm. muggle casts? Come on, I need this picture
2: <laughs> of me being sorted. Do you know who guys? I am? Yeah, do you know who I am?
1: Who I am? <laughs>
2: It's it's clearly a policy, though, because I remember when I went um, with a friend back in when, when the exhibition was first in New York, and she tried taking pictures, and, and they went over to her and did the same thing. So uh, I don't understand it, though, because the studio tour, you can take as many pictures as you want. I mean, yeah. we see all the pictures that our friends and that, that have posted when they've gone over to, to visit. So I, I don't understand what the issue is for the exhibition, because they're not really the the original props supposedly i mean they're they're, they may be original in some sense but they're not as authentic as what you would find at the studio tour so who cares if people are taking photos of them i i mean look i can understand if people are going through they're taking a photo of everything that they see but to your point if you're there with five people You know, and you're kind of working your way through, and there's not many people around you. You should be able to take photos of whatever you want.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a fair point. Considering the studio tour does allow photos for the exhibition to also follow suit. The only thing I can think of is that it might be like terms of the agreement for like displaying those costumes and things. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's a probably Warner Brothers. Considering it's like a traveling exhibit, and you're not going to be able to see it. You can't just go down the street and it'll always be there. Like you should. I, I just think that photos should be allowed. I don't mm-hmm. know why they wouldn't be.
2: Yep, that's definitely weird. But uh, some interesting notes that, that came along with this story, and uh, some of them may have touched on before, uh, but uh, in the first and second films, the wands look quite plain. And this was drastically changed in Prisoner of Azkaban when the wands were given distinctive shapes and carvings, reflecting the owner's personality. Obviously, we've heard a lot about this. Um, from the films over the years that the wands were created specifically for uh, the characters that were using them
0: is that Um, i mean in the books you would think that they have some detail or did jk rowling never i mean obviously she would describe the wands when people first got them but i would think Mm -hmm. that the movie versions what they became were more what you would expect to find in the actual books Um, yeah i wonder if that was alfonso's
1: touch That's the thing, is it says during Prisoner of this changed dramatically. And I was like, yeah, of course it did, because he changed everything. (laughs) Um, But that's why Hermione's wand has leaves or like vines up the side of it. I think that's... Maybe I've already ranted about this on a previous Mugglecast, but suffice to say, I just think that the, uh, the wands that they currently sell as being Hermione's wand bellatrix's wand voldemort's wand which is a bone i just don't think it's very realistic in terms really of, oh i you know, love this yes yeah, well if you're like 10 year old voldemort though and you get the wand, and olivander hands you the wand and it's a skeletal bone like a mm. femur or something don't you think you're destined to be like this evil overpowering wizard like do you really yeah. think like when he was that young
0: yeah well i just i mean like in terms of purchasing them it is cool to be able to see the differences.
1: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I agree with that because, to be honest, if they want to sell something, it can't just be... They can't all look the same other than the label. And how would you tell them apart?
2: Well, I I seem to remember a story probably from a couple years ago where they said that J.K. Rowling would actually sit down, I forget if it was with David Heyman or one of the uh, the producers or the director, and, and actually talk through what all of these wands look like uh, and for these specific characters. So, uh, But I don't know, Andrew, if, if they t- took on more of the representation of the actors who were playing these characters or the characters themselves. So that might be a, an interesting question to ask. Uh, it also said that 17,000 hand-decorated and hand-labeled wand boxes filled Ollivanders uh, during filming. And uh, his costume would actually... Uh, will actually be on display for the first time uh, in front of his store in the studio tour. Uh, So, again, tying back to the stuff that hasn't been featured up until this point.
0: He – what was I going to say? Oh, uh, in the movies, you know how – where was it? Someplace – oh, is it during – yeah, yeah. It's it's on this actual studio tour, right? All the ones – are on display and like each one has a name of a person and they're all crew and cast member names. Do you guys right. remember hearing mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was neat.
2: It is because yeah, you can facts, you man. could take your, I mean you could take your wife, your kids, you know, it's and go show them that your wand is sitting there with your name, you know, in this in this studio tour, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, you know, show your family, show your friends. Hey, I worked on Harry Potter. Here's what's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but uh, the final story of the uh, this episode related to news is the fart prank machine or the fart machine prank. Why is this
1: news? You... How is this news? I didn't put Ooh. it in. I put it in.
2: <laughs> I put it in, um, which is probably to be expected. Um, but it's true. The the video of this finally really was, was released. Well, yeah,
0: I actually, I do... <sighs> I don't know how this surfaced. It's off a of DVD, obviously, but I don't. It's I don't think it's ever been on the internet until recently, um, right. and it was on one of the special feature DVDs. I assume it may have been. It may be new on Wizards Collection or something. I have no idea. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it's obvious. It was obviously shot during Prisoner Az- Azkaban and the, the scene where Dan Radcliffe and everybody's sleeping in the Great Hall, and Dumbledore and Snape are talking, and um, and apparently, Michael Gambit insert, inserted a fart machine into <laughs> Michael Gambit into Dan Radcliffe's sleeping bag, and uh, that, what ensued was really funny. I'll I'll play a clip really quick. I'll just skip to the good part.
1: Back next to this particular girl, that's fancy. Alfonso
0: talking.
2: Action.
1: For now, let them sleep. We've just done a take, right? We've just yeah. finished the take, and it's taken ages to get it. In our dreams. We enter completely our own world. <laughs> you know, it's completely our own world. And we like, to, we like to swim in the deepest waters and fly. They had put a fart machine into my sleeping bag. This whole echo. And Michael Gambon had actually been pressing it during the take I found out. <laughs>
0: What's really funny to me, first of all, yeah, this is like the first time where we're seeing this footage as far as I know. But also, yeah. I just love how Michael Gambin continues rolling through the lines even while the yeah. parts are happening. Yep. yep. Even in
2: our deepest dreams. Our deepest, <laughs> deepest dreams. waters.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so
2: funny. It's, it's, which begs the question, I think, you know. <laughs> what question what, could this possibly beg? Will Go we ahead. ever see bloopers from this series? Oh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. We still haven't seen the bloopers, have we? Oh, no, I thought there was a blooper reel on that new thing that just came out. I, I really don't know.
1: Um, which new Collection, thing is right? that? Wizard Collection. That came Wizard out. Collection? I, no, maybe not. Based on the um, like the write-up that we got from just the, the product write-up of what the features were, the bloopers weren't advertised, but it's possible they were on like the special hidden disk or the double hidden disk.
0: Um, I, I see I there was a that. little blooper reel included with Prisoner – or sorry, with um, – what is this a part of? Um, Yeah, this is a part of Harry Potter Wizard's collection, and it was this clip. It was like basically – it was just showing how Rupert couldn't keep a straight face. So that was kind of considered like a Harry Potter blooper reel because it's just tons of clips of him screwing up during takes. Yeah, But yeah, we, I think we all know what kind of blooper reel we're looking for. Something like
2: we just heard with the Yes, gambit. more
0: farting, please.
2: Yeah, <laughs> why not? He's an old man, I bet he farts a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Does that, does that conclude our news? That does. What, what a better way to conclude the news than talking about gas. Speaking of gas, it, our next... Oh. No,
1: I like. Watching that was it a horrible again. transition. You can What's make that? that transition. I can make that transition. You could do that. You know what runs on gas, don't you? Well, or does it? Or does it? Ooh, or is it gas. out of gas? Oh, oh, oh
2: boo! Um, but uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things from Pottermore that were revealed in the first couple of chapters of Prisoner of, Azk- of Azkaban that we didn't. Uh, really, get a chance to talk about in full detail on our last show, our live show, right? It was live, I think. Yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah, uh, somewhat. <laughs> it was somewhat live, it was, right? You're in review. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, the uh, the the gas uh, transition we were trying to make there has to deal with the night bus, and uh, we got some new information about it. Um, it says that. Is a relatively modern invention in wizarding society, which sometimes, though it rarely, it will rarely admit it, takes ideas from the Muggle world. Uh, the need for some form of transportation that could be used safely and discreetly by the underage or the infirm had been felt for a while, and many suggestions had been made: sidecars on taxi-style broomsticks. Can you imagine that? Hmm. Mm-mm. No, that doesn't no. seem to work. It barely works on Sirius' motorbike. I can't really I was going to say
1: that sidecar was a little, I don't know. Maybe it's because Hagrid was sitting on it. I was skeptical.
2: But, uh, yeah, I don't think it will work too well on a broomstick. Carrying baskets slung under Thestrals. Is that a bit like a stork?
1: That would look weird because if you couldn't see Thestrals, you'd see the basket just hanging off of nothing.
2: That's true. Maybe that's why they decided not to do it. Um, all of <laughs> All of them vetoed by the ministry. Finally, Minister for Magic Dougald MacPhail hit upon the idea of imitating the Muggles' relatively new bus service, and in 1865, the night bus hit the streets. Um, Probably
1: literally. She's probably being very literal right there. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, it says it was detested by purebloods because it was seen as a means of Muggle transportation. Um, Any surprise there?
1: I get that. I Uh see that.
2: No, no surprise.
1: No, I don't think so. I see that.
2: And uh, another piece of insight we got is that the uh, driver and conductor of the night bus in Prisoner of Azkaban are both named after J.K. Rowling's grandfathers, Ernest and Stanley.
1: That's cool. Now that's a surprise.
2: It's a surprise.
1: Just something you never heard before. You know, nobody's going to ask J.K. Rowling in an interview when there are questions like Sirius Black to ask her, well, how would you come up with the names of the conductor of the night bus? So this is one of those fun facts that I think makes Pottermore a delight. Um, <laughs> but if you guys, honestly, though, the question I have is if you guys were J.K. Rowling, you were riding the night bus and you had to name the conductor um, and the driver after your grandfather's, what would the character's names be?
0: I uh, I don't want to reveal that personal information.
1: Oh, okay. I'll go no, first too- then. My 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 um, driver and conductor would be Paul and Albert.
2: Oh. from what
1: I understand. So uh, are Ernest those bus and- driver names? I don't know. Not as much as Ernest and Stanley, mm. Paul and Albert. Micah, what would you? You just used be? to them now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That's very true. Mine would be Fred and Morris. Fred and Morris. Yeah, was a bus driver name. Morris.
0: Mine would be Gunter and something else I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I can't believe oh, I can't remember okay. it. but
1: Yeah. Now what happens, I had to think really hard about mine. Tom. That's it. Gunter and Tom? Yeah. See? Fred and Tom's, Morris. Tom's a, a bus driver's name. Yeah. It's true. But anyway, that was fun. Um, yeah, like... The night bus, I guess I saw it again after book three, but I think it was during a crazy time in book seven. So I don't really have much recollection over it, but it was interesting to read this about it because I like the extra, um, info and you just don't hear about it. People don't take the night bus to get places really only Harry that one time. Um, but things like the flu network are just much more preferred, I guess.
2: I wonder if it has a specific route that it takes. I know it can randomly pick people up, but does it have a normal route that it
1: takes? Probably not. No. Cuz I mean, isn't it isn't it like if you stick your wand arm out, somehow they find you like right away mm. no matter what you you're going. So, I would say the uh it's just need-based. You know, it's it's always traveling because somebody always needs it. Um but I, I don't think it would be like the kind of bus that would take you from the Walmart to the to the uh, you know to the movie theater. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, that wraps it up with the night bus. Uh, another uh, area that we learned more about—well, not really an area, but somewhat of a creature—is a boggart. And uh, n- not too much new information there. Um, other than the fact that we know that they can be made to disappear, but more will inevitably arise to take their place. Uh like creepy. Po- yeah, so you don't really ever get rid of them, I guess.
1: Lupin left that out of his lesson. I think that would have been pretty darn scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can explode a bugger, but eventually like five more are just going to show up under your bed. Kid, Enjoy. Exactly. So it's kind
2: of like, uh, what what would be the equivalent? I mean, she says there's no equivalent in the muggle world, in our world, but there has to be, because she had to have gotten it from somewhere.
1: Just that J.K. Rowling cranium. Her mind is always, yeah. 24 karat crystal. Um, But I always thought, the interesting thing was that I always thought that Boggarts were modeled after the familiar childhood feeling of having a monster in your closet you know yeah. you feel that there's a or under your bed there's a monster under your bed you know you don't want to look you can't you can't see it and if you did see it wouldn't it be clever if it were the very thing that you're fearing so i always thought there was a connection there but actually according to Pottermore, apparently there's actually not
2: that well is- it does say that they're that they're generated and kept around by human emotion
1: well that's interesting mm.
2: so i guess a, a depressed area would be something that would call for that kind of creature to be around it's like
1: um, fear creates it that's kind of cool
2: um, one of one of the things that she did that i'll just run through real quickly was name some famous uh, boggarts. Um, and yeah, stop
1: uh, me if you've heard of any of these famous boggarts
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, the old boggle of Canterbury believed by local muggles to be a mad cannibalistic hermit that lived in a cave, in reality a particularly small boggart that had learned how to make the most of echoes. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, There's also the bludgeoning boggart of old London town, a boggart that had taken on the form of a murderous thug that prowled the back streets of 19th century London, but which could be reduced to a hamster with one simple incantation.
1: You know, this, this one, the phrasing um, 19th century London makes me think late 19th century London, which was around the 1880s where Jack the Ripper um, was, you know, going around. But I, I somehow don't think the stories are connected. I just wondered if she was trying to say that Jack the Ripper was a Boggart
0: because
1: um, mm. they never caught him, you know, so it's kind of an interesting, perhaps plausible idea. But uh, I guess more would need to need to be known.
2: I don't mm.
0: get why these are famous bogarts. Bogarts, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, what made
0: them famous? Was this all the info yeah. she put or did she have more?
2: No, this was it. This, mm. this is how she listed them. Mm. So maybe
1: one of them is Jack the Ripper.
2: Maybe, I think it's just that it's people are thinking that they're something that they're really not, mm. um, that they kind of create these, I guess, similar to what we would call old wives tales. Mm. Um, And then uh, the final one that she listed was the screaming bogey of Strath Tully, a Scottish boggart that had fed on the fears of local muggles to the point that it had become an elephantine black shadow with glowing white eyes, but which Lyle Lupin of the Ministry of Magic eventually trapped in a matchbox. So that's a real boggart, Hmm. an actual um, example, I guess, as opposed to the others. Uh, But... Lupin. The name Lupin creeps up. Sounds familiar. Description. I wonder what the relation is. Father, mother?
1: Oh, I I imagine it would be maybe a few generations back.
2: (sighs) Is Lyle a... Is that a male name? Female name?
1: That's a male name. Spelled that way, it looks more feminine, but I'm not an expert and I think it would probably still be a dude.
2: Mm. Lyle. So... I guess the uh, the question we could ask, and I don't know that this question has ever been asked um, on the show, is what would our boggerts be, and more specifically, what would we use to get rid of them?
0: My bogger would be you, Micah. And, <laughs> I scare well. you that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 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 to, scare, to to what to to get rid of you, I would. Uh,
2: it's got to be funny, right? Yeah, or I, a happy memory.
0: I, I would no, think of all the, be. I would think of all of Jamie's British jokes. And that would get rid of you.
1: <laughs> Got it. Uh, I don't know what mine is. You gotta, It's really personal, names. Micah. I don't appreciate yeah.
0: these personal questions.
2: Hey, Eric, well, ask the names me. of your grandfathers.
0: Um, <laughs> geez, <not> you're <laughs> basically the same person, you two. What, uh, what would yours be, Micah?
2: Um, it would probably be something related to, I think, snakes. I'm not a big fan of snakes, mm. so I don't know if that's that's my deepest fear, though. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. My um my that I've just thought of this would be uh, one of the creatures from the movie Prometheus. Literally any any one of them. I've recently rewatched that movie, and they're all terrifying. I haven't Regents. seen it. I I've, I've I've heard I've heard similar things like that though. Yeah, you must though. It's a it's a good film and it looks great on Blu-ray. Onward Mike. So,
2: onward. Speaking of onward, sounds like oh. something Sir Cadigan would say. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm Ooh. trying to transition here. Uh This is good. The last piece of uh Pottermore information Uh, that we didn't really touch on too much on last episode was Sir Cadogan. And, uh, we were told that he belonged in Gryffindor House and he had a wizard father and a witch mother. So he is, in fact, a pure blood, keeping it, keeping it pure. Um, surprising he wasn't in Slytherin then.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, but interesting, it says that, uh, he was supposedly one of the Knights of the Round Table. But a huh. very uh, lesser known one, and uh, that he was actually good buds with Merlin. Who huh. knew?
0: Hmm.
1: So Merlin the some... show?
2: Yes, he uh, he will uh, he crazy. will appear um, occasionally on that show. Yes. So
1: when somebody says Merlin's beard in front of the portrait of Sir Cadogan, he'll be able to describe it in its very uh, down to its very detail. Yeah. I would think Well, actually, so. Merlin's beard was quite short. It was more of a goatee, really. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. But
2: uh, he's been left out of the stories uh, that have come to be known about King Arthur.
1: Uh, of course. That always happens. That always happens. This reminds me a lot of Monty Python's The Life of Brian, which is like, you know, born next in, in the stable next door to where Jesus was born is Brian, and he lives his whole life being mistaken for the messiah and his mother's like he's no messiah he's a very naughty boy this reminds me of that tale though where you know you just a case of mistaken identity or somebody who's really the underdog mm-hmm. uh you know throughout life so
2: right but uh, while he was left out of our version of the story he was included in the wizarding versions it says Ooh. that the tales revealed him to be hot-headed and peppery and brave to the point of foolhardiness but a good man in a corner Hmm. So, if you're ever in a corner, call Sir Cadogan, I guess. <laughs> um, and then it kind of details out how he came to be uh, with the pony that shows up in the in the picture um, in the, uh, inside of Hogwarts. It says that his most famous encounter was with the wyvern of Y, a dragonish creature that was terrorizing the West Country. At their first encounter, the beast ate Sir Cadigan's handsome steed, bit his wand in half, and melted his sword and visor. (laughs) Unable to see through the steam rising from his melting helmet, Sir Cadigan barely escaped with his life. However, rather than running away, he staggered into a nearby meadow, grabbed a small, fat pony grazing there, leapt upon it, and galloped back towards the wyvern with nothing but his broken wand in his hand, prepared to meet a valiant death.
0: How dramatic.
2: Yes, very dramatic. The creature lowered its fearsome head to swallow Sir Cadogan in the pony hole, but the splintered and misfiring wand pierced its tongue, igniting the gassy fumes rising from its stomach, and causing the wyvern to explode.
1: <laughs> so he's a hero. He's a hero.
2: And that's God how he got now, his
1: fat pony. And now, all and he alone gets is that shit? Said. I said gotta love, gets- oh, um, love him.
2: I gotta love him.
1: Now he gets to show kids how to get to the tower, the divination tower. <laughs>
2: but It was also request. mentioned in there he he had a fair number of children, I think, like 15 or 17 children, it was <laughs> rumored. You know, as you do. <laughs> so, um, but that's kind of, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff I think that people are interested in Pottermore for. Right, Andrew? Yeah.
0: Um, me, personally, I'm still waiting for the more shocking information to come out.
2: Yes, like Aunt Marge about, is... Well, yeah,
0: okay. Let's say not even Aunt Marge admitting she's a lesbian, or coming out as a lesbian. It's just
1: something... I don't know. It's just more factoids. Yeah. Do you think this is too, like, all ages, this content? Yeah. I see
0: that. Well, see that. I, it's just basic. It's, it's not... I think J.K. J. Rowling has to uh, go... Pull out out some true gems. She has to have some real gems that'll rock the fandom. Mm It doesn't have to be sexuality claims or anything like that. I'm sure there's something. Anyway, uh, it's time now for a new game here on Mugglecast called Would You Rather.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was submitted by a user last year sometime we did it on one episode and uh it was it was pretty well received so we asked a question on twitter and got some some interesting questions
0: micah would you rather throw a surprise party for voldemort or mary bellatrix lestrange that's from amanda uh
2: i'd rather uh, well I, what happens if you throw a surprise party for voldemort i mean he, he gets you so surprise. He gives you an awkward hug. I would would marry Bellatrix Lestrange.
0: Yeah, I would too. I mean, she's
1: sexy through and through. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what if you surprise Voldemort so much that he kills you because he hates surprises? (laughs) Sounds like you'd have a better chance marrying Bellatrix Lestrange, which sounds weird. Yeah. Um,
0: Eric, would you rather – this is from Tyler – Spend a weekend with Dudley
1: or with Creature? Wow. That's a good question. Probably Creature just because he's another uh, another being, another creature. I'd like to know a little bit more about how house elves operate.
0: Yeah. He's kind of like a pet, whereas Dudley is not a pet, <laughs> except to <laughs> Vernon, and, uh, Vernon and Petunia.
1: Yeah. That would be I my agree. As well. So, Andrew, would you rather listen to a mandrake crying, um, supposing it didn't kill you, or would you rather listen to Umbridge say, hem, hem, for an hour straight? And that was from Rebecca.
0: I would say uh, the Umbridge thing, because I like, I, I used to love Umbridge as a character, and the mandrake cry is just so piercing and annoying. That's a good yeah, question, It though. is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, I um, I like your logic.
0: Yeah. And then finally from Michelle, would you rather meet the Harry Potter cast or meet J.K. Rowling?
1: Good question, Michelle.
0: J.K. Rowling.
1: J.K. Rowling. She
0: started it all.
1: <laughs> uh I'm going to I'm going to agree. Um I've already met the Harry Potter cast. <laughs> I was going to say I've already met J.K. <laughs> so,
0: Rowling. <laughs> yeah, so we we have it depends – I mean I think the question is for anybody who – like if you've never done one or the other, then yeah. you, you either pick J.K. Rowling or I – w- I would pick J.K. Rowling.
1: I would pick J.K. Rowling too just because um, of the opportunity to thank her for – I'm sure she gets it all the time. But, you know, just the books. Yep. That is how
2: that's played. I think we agreed pretty much on everything.
1: Yeah, we kind of did actually. So we'll keep them coming. Develop more we questions. Should- we should ask the listeners. Uh, keep them coming. You know, at any point you can e- us tweet us uh, your would you rather's. Um, it's time for Muggle Mail now. This first email comes from
0: Erica, sixteen of Canada. She writes, "Hey guys, I found your site last school year, listening to your chapter by chapter of." prisoner of azkaban deepened my love for the series i always loved the books i grew up do you pay attention in school i grew up with them but you guys <laughs> caused my obsession anyways i just wanted to ask if you guys think harry wait, what what is happening here
1: in this email i don't think n- she used punctuation no she <laughs> did use punctuation but in all the wrong places i i think this was dictated i think either siri is writing it or or maybe it's the canadian dialect and siri can't pick up on it But there's um, periods in the middle of...
0: Oh, Oh, I see. Okay. Anyways, I just wanted to ask you if you guys think Harry would have let Sirius go on the Horcrux hunt. Though he didn't let Lupin go, I find it doubtful that Sirius would have let him go alone. I just always thought Harry would have told Sirius about the hunt. Just wondered what you guys think. P.S. Love you, Andrew.
1: (laughs) Thank you, (laughs)
0: I get it, Sirius, Sirius. Yes. Is that what that joke was before, are you guys?
1: No, are you? no, it wasn't no. even a joke. It was just, it looked like it had been transcribed from somewhere. Mm. You know, like a translator yeah. or something that put in all these periods. Yeah. But, but, but anyway, um, yeah, I think Sirius totally would have gone with on the Horcrux Sun. Um Especially he would have seen it as a calling because his brother did. Uh, you know, once it was learned what Regulus Black did, Sirius would have been like, Man, my brother wasn't an asshole you know, I got to live up to, you know, I got to honor him. So I think it would have been a big deal.
2: Yeah, I think the difference with Lupin is that Harry is very concerned with the fact that he's not giving enough attention to Tonks and their newborn child. And I think he sees a lot of, you know, of potentially what what happened to him could potentially happen to, uh, even though it eventually does happen, but happen to... <laughs> Teddy. You know, you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. The fact that if Lupin's going out running around with him trying to find horcruxes, it puts him at great risk. And he doesn't want uh, really to have that happen, where I think he looks at Sirius as being not as much of a parental figure, but more of a peer. And,
1: and a um, rogue.
2: And a rogue, yeah. And, and I think that he would like the idea of having Sirius accompany him to, to look for horcruxes.
0: This yeah, next, that's a good, good point. This next email comes from Gene forty one of California.
2: Neighbor uh, of yours?
0: Yeah, in fact. Hey, Maggotnet, my son Chris, age ten, wants to know how comes the, how come the horcrux inside Harry is not destroyed in his first visit to the Chamber of Secrets when the basilisk venom gets into his body, unlike Fox. Until Fox arrives and uses his healing phoenix tears to cure Harry, it seems like the venom is enough to kill him. Is this a mistake on J.K. Rowling's part? Like she hadn't planned out what Horcruxes were going to be? Or is there some other explanation? Now, we have a thing here from where did this come from exactly? Did I assume I
2: I called J.K. Rowling? Oh, I see. (laughs) And I I transcribed exactly what she had to say. So, where did this come from, really? Uh, this came from J.K. Rowling, either uh, from her website or from an interview with J.K. Rowling. One okay. of the two, I can't Go remember. Go ahead,
0: tell us what it says.
2: Um, her, she uh, she had said either in an interview or um, on her website. I've been asked a lot. Uh, I've been asked that a lot. Harry was exceptionally fortunate that he had Fawkes. So before he could be destroyed without repair, which is what is necessary to destroy a Horcrux, he was mended. However, I made sure that Fox wasn't around the second time a Horcrux got stabbed by a basilisk's fang, so the poison did its work, and it was irreparable within a short period of time. I established early in the book Hermione says that you destroy a Horcrux by using something so powerful that there's no remedy. But she does say there is a remedy for basilisk's poison, but of course it has to be administered immediately, and when they stab the cup later, Boy, I'm really blowing this for anyone who hasn't finished the book. There's Fox, is my answer, and thank you for giving me a chance to say that because people have argued that quite a lot.
0: Hmm,
1: Interesting. So it was
2: just it was just timing, I guess. Fox just happened to be there and saved Harry in the nick of time, and but by doing he so. Didn't
1: die, yet. right? He, by doing
2: crux. so, he preserved the Horcrux.
0: Just in the nick of time. All right, and the last email is Hannah twenty-three. Weird places to listen. Hi, MuggleCast. I'm a brand new listener. I love the show. I listened to all the episodes you have on iTunes over the past few weeks, and now I'm going back and started from the beginning. I heard your Weird Places to Listen segment, and I didn't know if my contribution would count. I work for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and I listen to your podcast nonstop at work, along with Hunger Games chat and Onceable. Those are podcasts on Hypable. Thank you for the amazing show and hours of entertainment so glad selena is on the show now she's great and it's nice to have a girl's perspective well not today but yes normally <laughs> she's actually away this weekend
1: so the u.s department of homeland security
0: yeah that's wow. pretty cool
1: she could tell us more but she'd have to kill us immigration the rest of and her, customs you know. so that's that's yeah.
0: important work and very uh you know they let you in and out of the country
1: Oh, man, I hope I get hurt next time I have to come into the country.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then finally, we have some tweets. We asked people on Twitter, what item close to you would you choose to put your soul into for protection? We asked that on Twitter.com slash MuggleCast. And Eric, what were the
1: responses? So this one's from Energeezer. Um, Energeezer says, I would put it back in my body. Thank you very much. Uh, hashtag not Voldy. So, okay, kind of... Um, Skirted around the Play
2: along, Energeezer. Play
1: along, Energeezer. Um, Paige Kunkel says, my class ring. Catherine White says, if I put my soul into my chocolate, what would happen when someone ate it? Fair question. Uh, Janakai, Jenak- Janaki, my guinea pig. Um, <laughs> just kidding, my Order of the Phoenix book. I mean, I have two copies. What else would I use it for? Uh, Cassidy Tilden says, a slinky. Good luck destroying that. <laughs> and then selena participated in our twitter question selena uh wilkins says trick question it's already in my laptop so if you ever feel you pour your soul into your computer there you go and we actually had a, a very famous twitter response from rohan go to bed um who said a penguin if one would happen to be waddling around my street after all who would hurt a penguin excuse my ignorance who is rowan was he one of the kids in the... He's a young dialogue? serious Black, isn't
2: he? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. How um, easy is that for his mom, though? I mean, that must be funny every night.
1: <laughs> what? Oh, go to bed. Ron, go to bed. No, but anyway, um, so again, just, just reminding people, the question is, uh, what object would you put your soul into? Becca says, my cat, or no, I screwed you up. Becca says, I'm not telling you that, then you would find it. Kelly Sorge says, like a football. Yeah, a football or a dolphin. Nicole Sorge says, in my iPod. So it has the company of all my MuggleCast podcasts. Aww. And I'm just going to read a few more. We got so many. Thank you guys for participating. I'm going to read like three more. Taylor Griffin says, a track phone. Those things are impossible to destroy. Mm -hmm. Um, Eminem says, chapstick. If I can't find that son of a gun, no one else would be able to. And Jay Lynn, this is probably my favorite one, says the Declaration of Independence. Security will never know what they're really protecting. So, <laughs> I like that. That's fun. Um, <laughs> so, thanks, guys. We'll try and uh, pump out some more Twitter, Twitter questions uh, randomly throughout the next couple weeks until our next episode. Okay, well, I believe that is
0: MuggleCast. Oh, it sounds like you want to say something.
1: Just about the voicemail.
0: Oh, right, the voicemail. Yeah, okay. So here's the voicemail. Uh, Let's listen in. Whoa.
2: Hi, MuggleCast staff. My name is Matthew. I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee with a question. Now that the series, both literary and film, is complete, I found myself, like many others I'm sure, having a difficult time dealing with the end of it all often asking myself, as a true Potter fan, what am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to just say goodbye to something I enjoyed so much for some ten years? And furthermore, what is it about the series that has captivated me so? So, Andrew, Eric, Selena, and Micah, how would each of you articulate why Harry Potter has had such a profound effect on your lives? Just what is it about the series that caused it to become such a
0: phenomenon to us all? Thanks for your continued hard work on the podcast. I think it's brilliant so
1: all of you cheers that was really deep yeah right i i love this because we asked for voicemails just the other day uh i will repeat the hotline in a minute but um that was the only one we got so far and it was just really i thought well spoken Mm -hmm. um you know asking us about the end jeez why it's had such a profound effect yeah, and what's he supposed to do now? <laughs> well, everybody has their own different
0: reasons as to why it has had a profound yeah. effect. It may be friends, it may just be really connecting with the story, it may be um uh it 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 giving you uh uh inspiration maybe to write yourself or to to be a better reader or or read more. You know, there's lots of different reasons, but I think the general consensus is that it all has to do with the great story that she wrote and the the wonderful characters and uh, the fandom all, that surrounded it as well. There's no
2: one yeah. answer. Agreed. No, I, I agree, and, and I think that uh, you know, he asked, "Why has it had such a profound effect on him?" I mean, I, I don't know that we can answer that question. Uh, only he can answer that question. Look
1: but, deep inside yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's it ties into everything that you just said, Andrew. I, th- I think that you know, for a lot of people, it was it was growing up with the book series, and and that's kind of a very unique. Situation, something that I don't think we will probably ever see in our lifetime ever again, um, to, to have that kind of cultural phenomenon. And I think the fact that you could connect with so many different types of people, irregardless of, you know, all the things that, that, that they get listed, whether it's, you know, gender, religion, you know, any kind of background, um, I think that it it crossed all sorts of barriers and and everybody enjoyed it with the exception of people like Laura Mallory. But, you know, I I think that anytime you have something like that, you're going to have people try and capitalize negatively in some way. But I, I just think that that's what makes it so different than anything else. And like you said, the friendships, the fact that, you know, all of us, met through this. And here we are still talking eight years later. And, uh, you know, we've had a, a, a good ride and, and got to go to a lot of places and meet a lot of great people as a result of it. And, um, I, you know, it, uh, I don't really know what else to say. I, th- I think you're right. I think it's different for each person.
1: Uh, now as to what you do now, share it with somebody else. You can also- find somebody who hasn't read Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Give them the book. I That's mean, I, was...
0: I, I don't know how much of a reader that you are, but you can also read other books as well that you'll find just as perhaps enlightening or exciting or moving, etc. So, yeah. So what is um, that voicemail number, Micah or Eric, for people who want to?
1: Yeah, so that voicemail number is uh, area code 323-984-8547. That comes directly to us. And you can leave us any comments at all, any questions, thoughts, theories, as long as it has to do with Harry Potter, we will get it and we'll play it on the show in a future segment. It just feels really good to have voicemails back. I think in terms of hearing a fan voice on the show or listener voice, you know? Yep. So that's, that's good. Um, Mm. and also a
0: couple of plugs here, you know, along with the, the website I brought up on last month's episode that I've been living a secret life as a, weekly podcaster which is what we used to do with muggle cast um with this podcast called hype it's about to get a different slight name change but the podcast is called hype and you can visit hypepodcast.com we do four episodes 3.99 a month pop culture stuff uh world news stuff just just you know life as young adults that kind of thing uh but and i don't mean that in a corny way though that that just sounded corny um we talked about
2: talking about uh the new star wars movies
0: yeah, yeah, stuff like that, and, you know, that Manti, Manti Teo thing. I meant to Fiasco. ask you to come on, but we recorded it in the morning. Yeah, the, the catfishing situation where he got duped. He was living an online relationship that was fake. The girlfriend was fake. So we talked Whoa. about that, stuff like that, just crazy stuff like that, and, you know, pop culture like Star Wars, like you were saying. So anyway, go to HypePodcast.com. You can listen to a couple samples, and you can also sign up.
2: Yeah, and – uh while, while we're plugging, I'll do a quick plug uh, for uh, Game of Owens, specifically because three of the hosts of this podcast, uh, Eric, Selina, myself, along with Zach Louie, uh, do a weekly, or thrice weekly, I guess you could say, uh, depending thrice. on how you want to look at it, uh, podcast about the uh, Song of Ice and Fire series. The TV show is coming back on March 31st, so we're gearing up for that. We have a lot of fun with it. We're allowed to use language a little bit more age-appropriate uh, than we are on the, on MuggleCast, uh, so you, you have that to look forward to, if, uh, and obviously the content is much, much different uh, than what you would see in the Harry Potter series unless, of course, you're reading fan fiction. So um, check it out, GameOfOwns.com, GameOfOwns on Twitter, Facebook, you, you know the deal.
0: Do so you guys see those new pictures that came out? yesterday
1: yeah yeah 23
0: high-res game of thrones photos
1: totally awesome
0: yeah all right so uh visit mugglecast.com you can uh, click on contact us at the top to send us some muggle mail you also find um our twitter twitter.com slash mugglecast facebook.com slash mugglecast and our fan tumblr which is um mugglecast.tumblr.com then you can also what else can you do Oh, you go on iTunes, rate and review us. Just go to the iTunes Nothing store. Nothing less
2: than five stars is acceptable. Yeah, we don't want your
0: four-star reviews. Yeah. No, uh, no, you could be. You can be honest. Uh, I see a nice review here. Andrew is a sellout, one star, so that's nice. Oh, um, but on. that was back in July, so things have changed by then, let's hope. You're much less <laughs> of a sellout
1: now. The
0: only reviews are the problems about me, apparently, because there's a four st- there's a four-star review. Uh, oh, no, sorry, three-star reviews, and it's complaining that the Twilight podcast isn't coming out anymore. So so if you want to complain about me, just go into the iTunes store and write a less-than-five-star review. But if you like the show and everything that we do, you can leave a five-star review.
2: Now, do they do they have reviews going way back to tw- 2005? Oh, yeah, there's
0: everything here, yeah.
2: Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. Uh, I, I, so- can-
0: I always sort it by most recent to see what you oh, know, okay. what new yeah, you can sort by most helpful, and you will see reviews from 2005. Those are the first ones it's that awesome. show up.
2: And uh, you can always uh, check out our transcript section. Uh, we do have all of our episodes transcribed. There's a huge library there. I think we're almost up to date, at least through episode 259. So uh, if you want to read uh, what we s- – what we say every episode um you know i i know that uh it's been very useful for people who uh who for whatever reason can't download the show uh or are hearing impaired um they like to be able to go online and uh read the transcripts of the show
1: what i like about it also is the transcript section has that thing in front where it has all the interviews that we've had with people's uh you know thumbnail for their for their headshot Mm -hmm. Um, yep. So they can easily navigate to all the different interviews we've conducted throughout the years, which is which is you know very nice.
2: Yeah, if if there's a specific um, interview that you want to listen to, uh, as Eric mentioned, they're all featured there, uh, from David Yates to David Heyman to Oliver Phelps to Warwick Davis, the 500 times he's been on this show, uh, you know they're all there, um, and and some of them are are really good. I mean, it's some of our, in in my opinion, some of the best. Uh, stuff that we've done over the years on the podcast. Um, And uh, something else I always hear is that people who don't speak English as a first language um, often will go to the transcripts to help better understand uh, what it is that we're saying. Um, I don't think, though, that we're always the best example for uh, proper use of the English language, but uh, who cares?
1: (laughs) I will say that the transcribers probably did a very accurate job um, you know so making that clear absolutely yep. alright thanks everybody for listening and we'll
0: see you next time for episode 262 I'm Andrew Sims I'm
2: Eric Skull and I'm Mike Atanabelle bye everybody goodbye bye